0: ...investigation into the actions of Chilliwack police officers by the province's police watchdog. The officers in question were responding to reports of a child being abducted by her father. But the incident ended up with the police using a taser and the father's death. Grace Key has our top story.
1: Yeah, there was a man running who was being chased. Oh, According to police, he was trying to run off with his daughter. Now the father is dead after Chilliwack RCMP were attempting to restrain him. It happened at 2 o'clock Saturday afternoon on Vetter Road and Story Avenue. He was running and he crossed that Story Avenue and just right there, police showed up, tackled him and three or four of them piled on top of him. The man was having a supervised visit with his daughter when it's alleged he tried to leave with her. That's when the supervisor of the visit chased after him. The Independent Investigation Office, the Provincial Police Watchdog, is now investigating.
2: A conducted energy weapon, sometimes known as a taser, um, was deployed. Um, the male was arrested and subsequently, it appears, went into medical distress um, and was pronounced deceased at the hospital.
1: First responders worked on the man for several minutes before he was taken to hospital. The man is not believed to have been armed and the little girl was not physically hurt. After it was over, the child I learned was, and I saw, was over actually inside of 7-Eleven. The girl was reunited with her mother at the scene. Investigators are now looking for video of the incident and asking for any witnesses to come forward. Grace Key, Global News tough questions
0: also tonight about how a dog ended up dying in North Vancouver. But Witnesses say that the dog was electrocuted after walking over a manhole cover. Jill Bennett tells us what happened.
3: Workers in this part of Lonsdale Quay in North Vancouver say there has been construction with taped off areas for weeks. Last Friday, a dog walking with its owner on one of the sidewalks died. I heard they tried to resuscitate the dog, but it died and the girl that whose dog it was,
4: um, was standing outside our shop like crying for like half an hour or so. It was really horrible. But yeah, there was just police officers and talking to everyone and yeah.
3: RCMP confirmed the dog, a six-year-old Rottweiler Doberman Cross, was electrocuted. They say the investigation is continuing. The manhole had live wires. It's believed the cause of death was electricity that came through that grate. It's not the first time something like this has happened. In 2009 in Toronto, Hydro crews had to check thousands of grates after two dogs died and several children were shocked after coming into contact with electrified metal plates. And in 2010 in Victoria, a dog was shocked after stepping on a similar grate cover in that city.
2: Yeah, we're, we're definitely uh, mindful of where he's going and what bushes he's in and, and what he's stepping on. Uh, that's unfortunate.
5: Be very careful about what they're eating and don't let him get too far ahead and just be really conscious, really
3: be more careful around grates after hearing this story?
5: Uh, Well, yeah, I had no idea there was even one around here.
3: There are still many questions about why the Lonsdale Key grate may have been electrified and how long it was in that state. For dog owners, it's a sad reminder of what can happen in just seconds. Jill Bennett, Global News.
0: Getting some breaking news out of the Fraser Valley right now and a serious crash on Highway 1 in Abbotsford. First responders worked frantically to help a man who appeared seriously hurt after a crash involving a truck on the highway. This is west of uh, the Mount Lehman exit. It happened just after four o'clock this afternoon. So far, no word on what caused the collision or the nature of the man's injuries. Questions tonight over who has been slashing the tires on dozens of vehicles parked underneath a Burnaby high rise this weekend. Residents of a tower on Bartlett Court were notified that many of their vehicles had their tires slashed. That does include Josh Hodding, who also happens to work here at Global News. He says pretty much every vehicle targeted had all four tires cut. ICBC now dealing with about 100 claims.
4: Considering the fact that only, uh, it looks like only vehicles for this building... Uh, we share parking with, uh, with two other buildings. Those weren't hit. Could be somebody has something against uh, residents of this building. Who knows? Uh, from what, uh, what information I got from ICBC when I was filing my with my claim, uh, they did say that there, there is a suspect. Yeah. Um, whether or not anything pans out, they they've said they'll keep all of us uh, informed.
0: A Canadian Navy warship spilled some of its fuel into waters of the BC coast today. The crew of uh, um, HMCS Calgary was carrying out a routine transfer yesterday morning when 30,000 litres of F-76 spilled into the Strait of Georgia. It's a fuel similar to kerosene that evaporates quickly. Now, the Department of National Defence is working with the Canadian Coast Guard and other agencies to monitor the situation. So far, there has been no sign of any slick.
5: Primarily this morning, uh, we have had uh, flights uh, doing birth searches of the Straits of Georgia, as well as the shorelines that could potentially be affected. Uh, And to date, we have found no indications uh, of the spill. And we will continue to conduct uh, surveillance operations uh, going forward.
0: A close call for drivers on the Cedar Sky Highway early this morning. This is after a massive rock came crashing down near Lions Bay. This photo provided by one driver who says he nearly hit a boulder as he rounded the corner travelling northbound on Highway 99 at about one o'clock this morning. He described the hazard as being about the size of a Mini Cooper. Emergency responders were called. Hours later, that boulder was removed. It has been exactly two weeks since a good Samaritan lost his life on the Coquihalla Highway. Nicholas Funk of Surrey had stopped to help the victims of a multi-car crash when he was struck and killed by another vehicle. Tonight, his partner is gaining some solace from the fact that he died while putting others first. Kristen Robinson reports.
4: Nicholas was
0: gregarious and
4: a pillar of strength. Tanya Jones describes her partner of seven
6: years... As her other half, the pair had plans to get married. We we're perfect for each other, no question. That future ended abruptly on February 11th as 35-year-old Nicholas Funk drove home from the interior. I got to tell him that I loved
4: him, and he said the same. That was the last thing I ever said to him. Thirty minutes after that
6: call, Funk was southbound on the Coca-Cola near Larson Hill when he came upon a multi-vehicle crash in the northbound lanes. He pulled over to assist as a good Samaritan
4: in slippery, icy conditions. Couldn't keep going. He just needed to stop and help. and And that was the last thing that he did was stop to help somebody else.
6: While trying to help the initial crash victims, including a 78-year-old
4: man who was seriously hurt, RCMP say Funk was struck and killed by another vehicle. We're supposed to be planning our wedding this year. I'm not supposed to be planning a celebration of life. Funk was a well-respected horticulturalist, working for
6: Bartlett tree experts and serving with the BC Landscape and Nursery Association.
4: Jones says he was a mentor to those entering the field. If you wanted to learn and to be better, you could count on, on him to help you do that. Jones
6: hopes to set up a scholarship in Funk's name
4: as she tries to move forward without her soulmate. He made my life better, and every person that he was around, he made their lives better right to the end. He was helping and being spectacular right to the very end. Kristen Robinson, Global News.
0: Soon more sidewalks throughout Vancouver will be more accessible for those who have mobility issues. A motion to install about 6,000 curb ramps was passed by council last week. uh, The ramps are often at corners or marked pedestrian crossings and allow for smoother access for wheelchair mobility and access as well as strollers as well. Now, according to the city's 2018 budget, the city has seen an increase in the demand for curb ramps. There are currently requests pending For more than 500 spots, this is of the 6,000 locations identified so far by city staff.
7: At $75 a curb cut, uh, it certainly pays off for itself in not having charges against our health care. Because if you happen to fall, you can get a concussion, break an ankle or leg. And also what we have found is people who have been injured at curbs don't go out again because they're worried about being hurt justifiably. So this is something that works for everyone.
0: A few people experienced firsthand this weekend what it means to have no place to sleep at night. They're all taking part in the annual Long, Long Night of Hope, sleeping last night either in their cars or on the floor of a North Vancouver church. It was all to raise awareness about the homelessness problem and and funds the Lookout Society's homeless shelter in North Vancouver. They have already raised more than $15,000, which is more than last year.
6: A third of homeless people live in their cars uh, because in this day and age, in the... uh, the the high market for housing there's just no way that people on a pension or a fixed income can live in an apartment
0: alright still ahead tonight a Vernon owner of a Fort McMurray business damaged in the wildfires two years ago has been hit again how he's coping with having to start over and crack open the champagne Team Canada making history at the Olympics in Pyeongchang the record medal count and the highlights coming up Welcome back. Well, the Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang have wrapped up today. An absolute success for Team Canada, who are leaving with a record medal count, beating what was achieved in Vancouver just eight years ago. Tanya Beja reports.
8: Floorball is not an Olympic sport, but for young athletes playing in North Vancouver, this tournament, a way to celebrate the end of the 2018 Games and the Olympians who made their mark. They just trained
4: so hard and they gave out their everything in the Olympics and uh, they just represent Canada.
6: Well I heard that they broke their record for their medal count so that's pretty cool.
8: Canada walks away from PyeongChang with its best finish ever. 29 medals, third in the rankings behind Norway and Germany.
2: We have arrived as a powerhouse. You know, we're in that top group of nations. The predictions going to um, Korea were that the United States would finish ahead of us. They finished six medals behind us.
8: On the podium, Chair John Furlong says Canada's success is the product of planning that began even before the Vancouver Olympics. Investments in new technology and analytics designed to give athletes a competitive edge.
2: You look at our results and see the number of cases where we won by a hair, but nevertheless we won. That's the result of um, the, the applied science that we are putting in place for, for, to support our team.
8: Canada did not strike gold in the fields of play this country usually dominates, but the medals came from rookies and veterans across a variety of sports. It's fun to sort of breathe. A sigh of relief, knowing that it's all done and everything went as well as it possibly could have. Many, like Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer, will move on after Pyeongchang, but their success paves the way for the next generation of athletes.
2: That's the secret in all of this, This is that when, when we perform well at the Olympics, the numbers start to, to draw into these sports and it'll help us make sure that we can sustain a strong Olympic team.
8: A team that has set the bar high. Tanya Beja, Global News.
0: The BC Winter Games have also wrapped up today in Kamloops. It was a busy one, hundreds of kids taking part in a special performance testing program. The whole goal and the whole idea of this is that these young athletes fulfill their dream of representing Canada on the world stage.
2: Could be a photo finish.
9: Racing to the finish line, these young skiers are already looking ahead to what comes next.
1: I hope I can make it next year. I'd like to go to BC Champs again.
9: And place a bit better than I did before, maybe top 10. Every stride bringing them closer to achieving their goals.
6: For this year, I think uh, it'd be really cool to be
9: on the talent squad and then maybe as getting older, maybe on development or BC team. From there, the sky's the limit. Over the last 40 years, these games have proven to be a goldmine for Canadian athletic talent. 63 athletes competing for Team Canada in Pyeongchang have a connection to the province of BC. Of that number, 16 of them are BC Games alumni. Giving these kids plenty of inspiration to skate harder and jump higher to see their dreams come true. When you're moving through the different stations... That's where the podium search program comes in. Kamloops partnered with the Canadian Sport Institute Pacific to bring the program to the Winter Games for the first time, offering high-performance testing for kids.
5: When you're a soccer or a basketball or a hockey player, you play your sport but you don't necessarily know how fast you are in relation to other athletes in your sport, never mind athletes in other sports. So this program hopes to hopefully give those kids and the coaches that information.
9: These young ones are tested for power, speed, strength and endurance. The results equipping the kids for success, while also keeping an eye out for the rising stars. The key message?
5: Everything can be improved that we're testing here today. A lot of the kids yesterday just don't have the self-confidence because they're new to sport. You know what? All the Olympic athletes that you're watching on TV weren't world-class at 11 to 15 years old.
9: But they did train hard to become world-class. And that journey looked a lot like this when it began. Nadia Stewart, Global News.
0: Yeah, who knows? Future stars could be coming out of those that's,
5: games. That's the way they do it now. They yeah. they have the athlete, then we'll teach you how to do the sport. I mean... the. Pretty much everyone in bobsled are old track and field athletes because really? they have the speed and the power to get the push. So that's the way they do.
0: Were you ever a budding athlete? No, like,
5: no. never okay. happened. I don't know what it feels like to be athletic at all. Oh,
0: okay, yeah. I just Why uh, do
5: this? Yeah, maybe, those who right. can do, those who can't either teach just or, tell you or become be. sports guys.
0: <laughs>
10: <laughs> all right, what's happening in, the, in terms of the weather? Where did the snow just disappear? We yeah. had so much of it. But what a fun. difference a day makes. Yeah. So it feels like it. Uh, we were into some brilliant sunshine today for most areas across the south. Coast, so the sun did peek out, uh, but uh, we have seen some instability. And I wanted to show you the latest satellite and radar. I've seen some reports in Powell River, uh, Comox, and stretching into Port Alberni that we have had a few cells that popped up where we did see the risk of thunderstorms. And with it, the latest uh, we've got a couple of tweets, these were sent in within the last uh, hour or so. This was a shot from Comox where we saw, or Courtney rather and the Comox Valley reporting hail, grapple that was reported in Nanaimo, so thanks for those photos. And you can see how ominous it was as that storm just rolled its way through through Port Alberni. It'll be much calmer for uh, the evening and overnight. We'll see a break for the mountain passes. I'll have more on that coming up very shortly.
0: All right, thanks for that, uh, for that, Yvonne. And Barry, sports, of course, Team Canada is the big news today.
5: Yeah, yeah, well, we're all done with the Olympics now, yeah. so uh, a record-setting uh, medal haul, of course. We'll go through that one more time, but... Uh, Back here, the big story now is the NHL trade deadline is Mm. tomorrow at noon our time. There have already been a few deals. Canucks haven't done anything yet, but uh, the night is young. Perhaps when I come back, they'll have made a deal by then. We don't know. But, I mean, Thomas Bannock everyone figures for sure, will be dealt just a matter of time. But we'll see if he's in the lineup because they do play in uh, Phoenix tonight at 6.30.
0: OK, so there could be some breaking news.
5: Yes, coming at breaking Phoenix. sports, I'm going to call it. <laughs> <us.
0: Yeah. laughs> All right, stay with us for that. Also coming up, the story of Simba and Saeed. The two lions, actually, who were refugees resettled from a war zone to a big cat sanctuary in South Africa. Ahead of that, we'll uh, bring you an update on the severe weather that has been tearing through the central U.S. Stay with us for that, too. Welcome back. We're getting some breaking news about the Duncan couple who killed and ate their adopted pet pig, Molly. They are apologizing tonight. Molly's story captured international attention after news of her fate spread everywhere. The three-year-old pig was adopted from the SPCA by a Duncan couple on January the 19th. But after they realized they could not care for her, she was slaughtered for food. Today, one of the owners posted an apology on Facebook saying Molly died humanely, And it was not done for sport. In the statement, he says Molly became aggressive with his partner's dog. They then made the decision to put her down. He says he does feel remorse and is asking the public to stop sending him death threats. A Fort McMurray business has been hit hard for the second time. The store is closed after a fire and an apparent explosion. The owner, who now lives in Vernon, says he'll put the pieces back together just like he had to during the infamous Fort Mac fires two years ago.
7: It's been a rough couple of days for the owners of a downtown dollar store in Fort McMurray. Early Friday morning, they were notified that their alarm system was going off. and They quickly learned there was a fire in their strip mall. All of this was caught on their surveillance video.
11: You can really see up in the corner here how the flames shoot through the wall and uh, all the drywall blows off.
7: You can see what looks to be an explosion in the neighboring business. It knocks over shelves in the dollar store and creates holes in the wall. The camera appears to be swinging back and forth. The store also has smoke and water damage. This is the second time the dollar store has been hit. In 2016, following the devastating wildfire, the store was closed for more than five months for smoke damage. Everything had to be thrown out, and the store was repainted.
11: I was in disbelief. I was like, "This
5: can't be happening again to us, right?" You know, we uh, the fires affected the stores
11: in Fort McMurray. We were down for five months, and we just started to recover from that. And now this happens. It's like, oh, "What do you, what do you do, right?" We got Lisa's. We're, we're there for another six years for sure. So uh, it's
5: rebuild and try to put the pieces back together again.
7: RCMP confirmed that they're investigating a fire at South Street Burger and more information should be released on Monday. The dollar store could be closed for about a month. The owners do own a second location in the north part of the city. Kim Smith, Global News. Police in a small community in central Ontario
0: are investing in the deaths of four people, a triple murder suicide, with the fourth killing himself. Police were called to a home in Berks Falls, more than 250 kilometres north of Toronto, on Friday night. Four bodies were found inside a home. The identities of the people have not been released. Police have confirmed, though, that the three victims were all related. The suspected killer was not related to the family. His connection right now to the three murdered is not known. The worst appears to be over for flooding in southwestern Ontario, but the mayor of Chatham, Kent, warns it could be days before cleanup efforts get underway. It's been devastating to a lot of families. I mean, when you look at the amount of homes, we have anticipated just rough estimates about 50 homes being affected by this. But others, we haven't got a full assessment yet because we're still in the emergency mode of dealing with making sure we're dealing with a crisis situation. The city called a state of emergency on Friday just hours before water levels in the Thames River peaked at five metres above normal. Residents had been asked to voluntarily leave their homes. Emergency crews spent part of the night making sure those who didn't were OK. The mayor says that accommodations are being made for people who can't go back home, adding he has never seen anything like this. Staying with weather, severe thunderstorms swept through the central U.S. this weekend with at least one tornado. The extreme weather has torn through dozens of communities, ripping roofs off homes and sending other buildings flying through the air.
2: Overnight, deadly weather roared across the Midwest with at least five different tornadoes ripping through parts of Tennessee, Missouri and Kentucky. This is so scary. A funnel cloud spotted in southwest Kentucky. And in Hopkinsville, a powerful storms tore roofs off buildings. In Clarksville, Tennessee, a suspected tornado flattened this home, while an apparent lightning strike during a basketball game damaged the roof, forcing an evacuation. In Arkansas, strong winds ripped apart this motel in Osceola. It
8: was
6: scary.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: It was really scary.
2: The next town over, Kaiser, lost part of its library's roof. These two houses suffering similar fates collapsed foundations. In Ohio, winds uprooted trees, damaging buildings and cars. And tonight, residents in Louisville still face severe flooding, with homes and roads submerged. The city's fire division responding to more than 100 water rescue calls over the past 48 hours. Communities throughout the Midwest tonight survey in the devastation coming together to recover.
0: Four people are in a critical condition after an explosion in the English city of Leicester. This shot bursting into flames tonight. Witnesses thought it was an earthquake initially until they saw the business engulfed in fire. Police declaring this a major incident and evacuated people from nearby businesses and homes as a precaution. Police say this incident is not related to terrorism, but the cause of the explosion that is being investigated. The union representing Walmart has taken a full-page ad in Variety magazine to encourage some female Hollywood stars to distance themselves from the retailer. The ad suggests that Walmart has a track record of poorly treating female employees. Now, letters have also been sent to some female stars like Melissa McCarthy, asking them to end their affiliation with the giant corporation. McCarthy produced television commercials for Walmart, which will air during the Academy Awards next Sunday. Two lions rescued from zoos in war-torn Iraq and Syria have found their forever home at a big cat sanctuary in South Africa. Simba and Saeed were rescued in 2017 from the Magic World Zoo in Aleppo, Syria, and the Mosul Zoo in Iraq. Now, most animals at the zoo did die, and when the lions were originally saved last year... By the Four Paws International Group, they were in a really bad shape. The pair have spent the past year recuperating in a wildlife refuge in Jordan where they've received medical care and have been fattened up with a steady diet of lamb.
3: Lions uh, basically live in prides and they're very social because he hasn't really had that socialization. We've kind of become his family and he's become part of our family. So uh, it is bittersweet, but we just we knew he was only going to be here temporarily. So we are happy that he is going to the African sun.
0: An update for you. Simba and Saeed will now going to be living with 90 other big cats at their new home, which is in Johannesburg. Uh, Still ahead tonight when too much snow on the ground to run becomes just an excuse. One hardworking coach steps outside the box to make sure his team gets the practice they need. All right, welcome back. Sometimes a snow day, of course, ends up being a really great excuse just to stay home and be lazy. But for a coach of a Vancouver running group, well, he had a slightly different idea. Members of the BC Endurance Project had no excuse to stay in as their coach cleared a lane of track for Saturday's session. One member uh, posting this photo to social media claiming... It took her coach three hours to shovel so his group could get a good run at Empire Fields at Hastings Park. I like that. I like his dedication, Yvonne.
10: That's a lot of work. Yeah, it is. Good (laughs) That's a workout on its own. And I wonder if he ran with them as well. Uh, Yeah, after that? Yeah, that would be great. You clear it all up and then say, I'm going in for a cup of hot chocolate. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Good on him. Yeah, it doesn't stop many from getting out today. Uh, We had beautiful sunshine paired with that snow that fell on the ground. It's melting from many spots. And once again, we have seen some instability, especially along the island, eastern sections, that we could still see an isolated thunderstorm, isolated shower. And there is still a chance for higher elevations to see a few wet flurries for this evening and overnight. A beautiful sunset depending on where you were across Metro Vancouver this evening. A few breaks in the cloud. Temperature sitting at 4 degrees with a westerly wind at 17 kilometers per hour. Our high today was closer to 6 degrees. Still a few degrees below the average for this time of the year that sits at 9. And a record on this day, 15 degrees was set back in 1986. A few announcements this evening. A very happy birthday to Jian Long from Sorrento celebrating 103. Steve Spicer from Kamloops celebrating 102. A very happy birthday this evening to Lillian Newman from Kelowna celebrating 100 and Pratam Takar from Victoria celebrating 106. So congratulations to you all and hope you've had a wonderful day and got to enjoy your birthdays. Back to the forecast and some of the numbers that we did see across the province today. Interior sections, a break from the snow with uh, temperatures in Kamloops climbing up to minus 1. Minus 5 for the peace. Campbell River today climbed up to 5 degrees and areas near Victoria today with highs of 8 degrees. A look at some of the snowfall totals. These are unofficial numbers along the mountain passes where we've seen a significant amount. Most areas are ranged between 5 and over 10 centimeters. The Allison Pass was ranging anywhere between 25 and up to 35 centimeters. I wanted to show you the Coca Coquihalla. This is at the summit this evening, a current tower cam shot. If you're planning on heading along the mountain passes, we're still looking at anywhere between 2 and up to 5 centimeters of snowfall before it starts to ease off for tomorrow. Satellite and radar. So the instability across the southern half of the province will be a chance of showers and flurries. We'll see a bit of a break in the day for tomorrow, and then it picks up once again. The moisture is going to push in for the evening hours on our Monday. The piece for tomorrow with flurries, a southwesterly wind with gusts of up to 60 kilometres per hour. Whitehorse will see accumulating snowfall ranging between 2 and up to 4 centimetres. Coastal sections will stay as rain with gusty winds at times of up to 60 kilometres per hour. Inland sections will be seeing anywhere between 2 and up to 4 centimetres of snowfall. Caribou and central interior, flurries or light snow with a southerly wind of 30 kilometres per hour. Columbia and Kootenai region will see breaks throughout the day, a chance for some moisture isolated flurries by the evening and overnight. The Thompson Okanagan will also see some breaks by tomorrow evening. It's flurries developing or wet flurries for the early morning hours. Whistler up to 2 degrees for tomorrow. Snow late in the day for your Tuesday. Most spots across the island, especially if you're near the water, looking at windy conditions. We will still hang on to a chance of showers for tomorrow. Higher elevations could see a few wet flurries. And temperatures for tomorrow will still be climbing up to around 6 degrees. It will be the early morning hours that we could see wet flurries with temperatures just below the freezing mark. It is going to be unsettled, quite soggy looking in towards our next week. Temperatures will be ranging between 6 and 7 degrees, but it looks like we do have a heavier round of rain pushing in midweek. Sonia? Yvonne, thank you very much for that. All right, teams of runners felt the burn all morning
0: today as they raced up and down some uh, downtown Vancouver towers, and it was all for charity. Off they go. 18 teams taking part in the fifth annual Step Up Challenge, running up seven high-rises, for a total of 379 floors. My goodness, funds raised help the Vancouver prostate cancer.
5: Not only is it raising important uh, funds for research here, but it's about awareness. And one of the challenges we have with the wonderful men in our lives is we don't talk about it enough. One in seven men are going to be diagnosed with prostate cancer in their lifetime. So if you look around this room and how many males there are, you can do the math. It is the number one cancer killer in men. And what we need is a conversation. We get a conversation going, early detection saves lives. Over 90% survival rate.
0: Just to clarify, they're raising money for the Vancouver Prostate Center and uh, great job by all. Now, you've heard the saying, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Now, green bins have been set up at the airport in Las Vegas to ensure that you do leave some of that fun behind.
12: Before you fly, make sure some of the fun from Las Vegas doesn't come with you to McCarran International Airport.
10: Marijuana is prohibited on airport property.
12: But if weed or other substances end up in your suitcase... Be on the lookout for the latest addition to McCarran, amnesty boxes, big green bins inviting flyers to dispose of their prescription and recreational drugs.
11: I think they're great. This is probably where you should dispose your drugs. Do
12: you have any to dispose?
11: Uh, (laughs) I don't want to disclose that right now.
4: I feel like anybody who probably has any sort of cannabis, weed, would probably do it before they threw it away.
12: The airport installing 13 last Friday in high-traffic areas, 10 outside the terminals and another three around the McCarran Rent-A-Car Center. A drawer drop prevents someone from reaching inside while bolts keep the boxes on the ground, all monitored regularly and serviced by a contractor.
10: They will be collecting whatever is surrendered and disposing of it appropriately, depending on what contents are in these boxes. We don't want your pot, leave it somewhere else, that would be fine.
12: Changing guidelines surrounding weed at the airport led to this response. In October, a county ordinance officially banned possessing marijuana, cannabis, or THC on Department of Aviation owned property.
10: You could face a citation fine or you could face arrest depending on what those amounts are.
12: And it's still illegal to carry across state lines. So,
10: being a federally regulated uh, industry, we want to make sure that we are more than compliant with their standards.
12: So, before committing the crime, keep an eye out.
10: I'd be interested to see how full that gets.
12: For these bins to make sure what you purchase in Vegas stays in Vegas. Coming up, Barry with
0: news on the NHL trade deadline. That is tomorrow at noon. Also, a look at the record medal haul for Team Canada and a preview of the summer games as well. Stay with us.
5: All right, let's uh, catch up with the day sport now with Barry. All right, thanks so much, Sonia. The uh, NHL trade deadline is noon our time tomorrow. Thomas Vanek should be dealt by then. He is not in the lineup tonight for the Canucks in Phoenix. They just dropped the puck to start that game in a battle of the two worst teams in the West. Canucks are seven points ahead of the Coyotes in the standings, still 21 to play, so that could change. Coyotes have been better of late, 6-3-1 and in their last 10. Of course, highlights at 11. There have been a few significant deals today, the biggest involving the Rangers and the Bruins. Rick Nash goes to Boston, and the Rangers get quite a bit in return. Forwards Ryan Spooner and Matt Bellesky, a first-round pick in 2018, plus defensive prospect Ryan Lindgren. New York will retain 50% of Nash's $7.8 million salary. Nash was in the lineup tonight for the Bruins in Buffalo. Nash, 434 career goals, 18 this season. A tough start for the Bruins, though as uh, they gave up the first two in this one. This one by Kyle Ocposo to make it 2-0. Second period, Bruins get on the board. Rookie Charlie McAvoy cuts the lead to 2-1. What about Rick Nash? Well, he had some chances. How about this? Off the goalpost. Almost had his first as a Bruin. But in the third period, Marco Scandella will beat Anton Kudobin, And the Bruins drop their second straight 4-1. Not the start. Rick Nash was looking for with his new team today. Meanwhile, the Toronto Maple Leafs added some forward depth, getting versatile veteran Thomas Placanitz from the Habs for a couple of prospects and a second-round draft pick. Placanics has played his entire 15-year career with the Habs, 981 games, 230 goals and 645 points. A good face-off guy, a penalty killer, and a character guy for the playoffs. I think a nice pickup by the Leafs tonight. Oilers and Ducks. Edmonton dealt Mark due to uh, Nashville earlier, and then the Preds moved Letestu to Columbus. You had played there before. Oilers got young winger Pontus Aberg from Nashville in that deal. First period, gets laughed with the giveaway. Mike Camilleri to Leon Dreisaitl for his 20th, but the Ducks get it right back. Ricard Raquel from Cam Fowler. Scores there to tie it up 1-1, but later in the first, Connor McDavid, nice little pass to Anton Slepeshev, who somehow sneaks it short side on the former Canuck, Ryan Miller, somehow squeezes in there. 2-1 Edmonton after one, second period tied at two. Two on one break, Dry sidle to Ryan Strom, who will tap it past Miller. 3-2 Oilers right now, very late in the second period. And we'll show you one more. Predators and blues, St. Louis fading fast. There's Paul Stastny. St. Louis probably going to add some players at the deadline. They really need to make a push. They've struggled. Five in a row they've lost below the playoff line right now. This didn't help. Colton Sissons firing past Jake Allen to make it one nothing, And then Kevin Fiala, he's a good young player. That's his 20th. 2-0 after one. And more Predators. In the second, Nashville's got to be the favorite coming out of the West. The centering pass off Scott Hartnell skate and in. They reviewed it, but it stands. Predators cruise 4-0, six great losses for the Blues. Preds jump back ahead of Winnipeg for first in the Central. Still to come, we'll put a capper on the Winter Olympics from South Korea. And can Tiger Woods motor to a win at the Honda Classic? Final round highlights when we come back. Stay with us. A medevac hero, a medical history triggering high life insurance premiums, yet no payout. It's so heartbreaking. This is a very bad denial. How to ensure you're actually covered. Consumer Matters, Monday on Global News Hour at 6. Welcome back. The Pyeongchang Winter Olympics are in the books. The closing ceremony concluded around 5 a.m. our time this morning. It was a record-setting Games for Canada. We captured 29 medals. Three more than the previous record in 2010 in Vancouver. It could have easily gone over 30 if not for some misses in sports. We thought we were slam dunks in like curling and short track speed skating. So the final medal standings, Norway wins going away. Just 5 million people in Norway, 39 medals, incredible. Germany second, and they had 14 golds each, which tied the Canadian mark for most golds ever in a Winter Olympics set back in Vancouver the Germans should have had 15, but they gave up a last-minute shorthanded goal to the Russians in a very good gold medal hockey game and then lost 4-3 in overtime. That would have been one of the greatest upsets in Olympic history. Whitecaps wrapped up their preseason last night in L.A. versus the Galaxy. Kristen Tuchera, the bug, gets taken down in the box here. He is good at going down hard, isn't he? Penalty awarded. Kai Kamara, one of the newcomers, finishes nicely to give uh, Vancouver the 1 0 lead. And how about the teenager Alfonso Davies? Beautiful finish here 2 0 the final, or 2 1 the final. And of course, the Whitecaps open their regular season a week from today at BC Place against Montreal. Manchester United and Chelsea tangling today in the English Premiership. Paul Pogba back in the lineup for Man U. Liverpool overtook them into second yesterday. And Chelsea got the jump today. Willian sent in by Eden Hazard. A cracker to the back of the old onion bag. 1-0 Chelsea. United draw even before the half is out. Romelu Lukaku showing his skill and power. Just wouldn't be denied. Bullying his way into the scoring area and then finishing. Tough to stop the big man when he's motivated like that. 1-1. And Lukaku was in on the game winner for United as well as he will find Jesse Lingard with a perfect cross. Lingard heading it in and United take down Chelsea 2 1 to regain sole possession of second place. Chelsea slip all the way down to fifth. Very tight for those top four spots. Tottenham trying to stay in the hunt for Champions League qualification, visiting Crystal Palace, scoreless until the 88th when who else? Harry Kane off the Christian Erickson corner kick, 35th of the year for Kane, 1-0 the final, Spurs two points behind third place Liverpool in the standings. Final round of the Honda Classic from Florida, Tiger Woods sitting 11th, 7 off the lead, but Tiger making a charge on the front side, his approach at the 4th,
2: Distance
5: and this is tight. Tiger would make birdie there. Got to two under for the day. And then on the eighth, from about eight feet out, Tiger's going to knock this one in for another birdie. Moving up the leaderboard, just four back now. But he could not sustain that pace in very tough conditions at PGA National. Par 315th gets Tiger again. Dunks this one. Into the water hazard, made double bogey. Woods finished solo 12th at even par. Not a win, but a pretty good progress for Tiger as he makes his way towards Augusta at the first major in early April. Justin Thomas at the 18th, third shot on the par five. And Thomas will stuff this one to two feet. He would make birdie. He and Luke List go into a playoff. First playoff hole, List made a bogey on the par five 18th. Thomas with a short putt for the win. Knocks it in for the victory, his eighth in his young PGA Tour career. And the LPGA was in Thailand this week also for the Honda. Final round today, Canada's Brooke Henderson. Birdie on 16, another top 10 for Brooke. Tied for seventh at 16 under, shot a 67 in the final round. But nobody could catch Jessica Korda. She's the daughter of former Czech tennis pro Peter Korda. And Jessica ran away with this tournament, a course record 62 in the second round. And today, a 67, she wins it with a 25 underscore, four better than Lexi Thompson. And, of course, you get the uh, traditional champagne and beer shower for winning on the LPGA mm-hmm. Tour. Pretty good.
0: All right. Well, I was talking about champagne earlier with Team Canada doing mm-hmm. so well. Uh, summer games are only a couple of years away, so we'll preview that. Okay. Look ahead to that uh, after this break. Stay with us for that.
5: Love the Olympics. Next week, it was a very scary time from L.A. Hood. That's yeah, the big person gets shot in our front of our doorstep. BC Lions general manager Ed Hervey. I wanted to get as far away from confident in L.A. as I possibly could. Next week on Global News Hour at six.
10: Here's a look at your snow report with lots of fresh powder for the mountains. Whistler Blackcomb at the base of 289, Grouse 412, Cypress 413, Sasquatch 362. Revelstoke with a base of 258, Manning Park 207, Powder King with 35 new centimeters of snow and a base of 273, Mount Washington 235. Big White with a base of 283, Silver Star 283, Sun Peaks 229 and Apex 268.
0: Alright, uh, so uh, as we've been saying Team Canada on their way home uh, We are just two years away from the Summer Olympics now Those are going to be held in Tokyo um, And what we're hearing about these 2020 Games Is that they're going to be unlike any other Because they are introducing four
11: new sports fast pace pulsing Japan's historic capital fuses old with new And in two years It will stage the Olympics for the second time With four new sports Surfing, climbing Karate and skateboarding. 13-year-old Brighton Zoiner took in the action in Pyeongchang from home.
12: I was watching the girls snowboarding and that was crazy.
11: But in 2020, she could win her sports first Olympic gold.
12: There's going to be girls skating in the Olympics and that's just incredible. That's I'm really proud about that.
11: The medals up for grabs in Tokyo will be made from recycled cell phones organizers collecting them now. The last time the games were staged here was 1964. As a young man back then, Professor Haro Shimada worked as a translator. What was the atmosphere like during those games in Tokyo? The atmosphere was really great, very, very special because Japan was growing. Venues are being refurbished, others built from scratch, while some baseball and softball games will be played in Fukushima an area that was hit hard by a devastating earthquake and tsunami in 2011. The stadium is about 40 miles from the damaged nuclear plant. The 1964 Olympics highlighted Japan's transformation. These games, they say, will look to the future in this ever-changing region. From Pyeongchang to Tokyo, in just two years, the Olympic spotlight will shine on Asia once again. Keir Simmons, NBC News tokyo all right what are our chances at the summer games then
5: oh well we're not as strong as we are there but we're better than we used to be yeah uh, so usually top 12 somewhere in there and then in, in beijing in 2022 is the next winter. so another uh, staying in asia for a while before uh, calgary's possibly going to get 26 winter games but yeah. no one wants to bid on these anymore because they cost billions <laughs> to
0: host. maybe you can discuss it a bit later at home as well thank you so much for watching we'll be back at 11 tonight good night night